In this podcast mini-series, we are talking to first-time founders and entrepreneurs on their origin story. From the spark of their idea to the rise of their startup, this is their story with all the juicy details so that we can learn and be inspired by their journey. In this narrative, Eric has matched the solution to a billion-dollar problem, alcoholic beverage products that sour or decay during transit. As a veteran of the hospitality industry and a certified sommelier, he's observed this issue for a number of years. Now, he's at a crossroads with where to take his idea. Here's Laura McIntosh and Eric Cooperman with Bottle Titan. All right, listeners, we are taking a break from our normal format and actually taking a chance to dive in with four uh, entrepreneurs in the state that are in the super early stages of building their business here. And in fact, even calling this becoming the origin story. And in this first episode, we have Eric Cooperman, and he is actually has a fascinating backstory that I won't steal from him. So Eric, why don't you just jump in and start off by introducing yourself and share with, with the audience sort of what it is that you're working on. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. It's it's great to be here. Well, my name is Eric Cooperman. I'm the president and founder of Bottle Titan. We all have probably been to a brewery once in a while. There's a, there's a ton in Asheville. Uh, maybe some, some people out there have traveled to a winery. And uh, we've noticed that the beer just tastes so much better up in Asheville or the, the wine tastes so much better in Tuscany. And there's a reason for that. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with a fragile product like wine and beer uh, along the, the supply chain. Uh, things can, can get heated up, things can get frozen. Uh, there's vibration and shock and, and all, all kinds of things that can change the, the actual character of that product. And our company seeks to reduce the, the damage to um, the beverage industry. And when you're looking at a $3.2 trillion industry, and on average, 4% of beverage is damaged a year annually. That's a $126 billion problem that we're trying to solve. It sounds like you have some experience in the wine and beverage industry to begin with, but this was not what you, Bottle Titan was not what you were setting out to do. Let's talk a little bit about that, that aha moment you had and, and how you got to this concept that you're doing today. You know, looking back at my career, I guess I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. I, although I've worked for people, I've worked for companies and and private entities and I've always been that that character that that's trying to do something different, create new programs. Uh, I did that for for the Cliffs. I started a a program where we would send an email out to the members once once a week because we were able to buy 5 or 10 cases of wine at a discounted price. And, uh, and I thought it would be cost effective just to send an email out and, and sell that wine. And that turned into a million dollar program at the, at the cliffs. And we were selling hundreds of thousands of bottles a year of wine. Um, so when looking at Bottle Titan, it, it, it was just another program trying to, you know, kind of, I guess, hone in on my entrepreneurial spirit but do something for, for my own for once after a 25-year career in hospitality. So it sounds like you're the type that you love problem solving, identifying an opportunity, and now actually putting some kind of solution 
behind it. I, I think what I don't want to overlook for our listeners is that you are a sommelier, correct? I am a sommelier. Uh, so yes, one of six advanced sommeliers in the state of South Carolina. And uh, I was the only uh, sommelier to sit for the uh, master sommelier exam last year in 2021. So clearly a man that knows what a good glass of wine should actually taste like. Because I feel like, you know, with your product, I mean, I may not be the one or the type that would actually um, recognize the difference, but you could not be more well prepared for doing what you're doing. Um, so with that, like where you've identified this problem, yes, like when we're at the brewery or in that setting, that's when it always tastes the most amazing. Um, but if you could like, I think where you'd really make money is if there's a way you could bottle like the experience of drinking that wine in Napa or in, in, in Tuscany. But, you know, I think that that might be a, a, a loftier goal than actually just fixing the problem of what's happening in transit like you are. Um, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, the actual building of your early version of your product or your, or your, your minimally viable product. Where are you in that creation story? So, you know, I know that you, you've had a bad, you've had that bad glass of wine and, or I'm sorry, it was actually a beer, correct? Let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to that a little, like that really that moment of this is a problem. I need to find a, a solution for this. Like, where were you? Yeah. So we, we cracked a bottle of wine and it, uh, it was obviously flawed, not flawed because of, of the winemaker or, or the process. It was, it was definitely flawed through, uh, through heat transfer. And in the industry we call co it cooked that at, at one point, the bottle was just heated for a long time. Uh, some people do it when, when, when they go to the grocery store and, and they're doing errands and they leave the wine in the car while they're doing other shopping and, and the wine gets back home and it's seeping down the, the, uh, the label because the, the wine is heated so much that it's pushing the cork up. Um, this, this bottle wasn't, wasn't that extreme, but, but because of, because of my palate and my understanding of, of wine, I knew that it was off. And a lot of people may not notice the fact that it was, it was in fact off or, or cooked. So that's, that was our biggest concern and the concern of the producers who have a legacy and, and a stylistic product that they're, they're really trying to get out. The consumer may not know that the wine has been damaged through transportation. So when they open it and they don't like it because it's not tasting right, they think it's the producer or the wine or the grape and they won't drink that grape or the producer's wine anymore. And, um, and that's, that's where we, we kind of come to that crossroads in this, in, in a little bit more, just having a little bit more oversight in, uh, during transportation and the chain supply. So, okay, great segue. How are you doing that? So we've, we're working on uh, developing uh, a hardware, a little, little device. It's about uh, three inches by one inch. And uh, these devices talk to the cloud at all times in real time. And they, you know, tell where the, where the wine or beer is in the world uh, with GPS location. And, uh, and then also, you know, tell us the story of the environment and everything that's going on inside that tractor trailer or the rail car or the, the cargo ship. So we're, we're able to in real time, uh, really live the heartbeat of, of that product. And if something goes wrong along the way, our AI sends us alerts and we proactively contact the, the carrier and, and try to make corrections so that damage doesn't happen. 
you know, in, in a rare occasion that we can't get in contact with someone or that those, those contents can't be fixed, then we have all of the data that's that's occurred leading up to that damage who's had who has possession what what time it happened and uh, where in the world it was and all the environmental factors leading up to that damage so then we could take and go to the insurance company and validate an insurance claim so i think as you would even you shared with me in our 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 pre-planning call you know that you don't consider yourself a technology man at all. And so where, what, ha, how do you really sort of maybe combat that uh, short sight on your end of, as, as, as a founder? Is there anything that you feel like you've particularly done to backfill that as you've been building your early stage business right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, some people, some people feel like they need to know everything about everything. And I'm not one of those people. I am very comfortable in the beverage world and, and hospitality. It, that is that is what I've built my life around, and I love hospitality. But when it comes to technology, it's it's not it's not my forte. I haven't I've never taken uh, programming classes and, and and IoT classes. So I've really relied on on the the community and and people that know ten times more about this stuff than I do, and have done a, a fairly good job of building a an advisory team around me that that have done an amazing job of guiding me on what steps I need to take in the IOT, the internet of things, that industry. And, uh, and then of course the, the software industry as well. So that that's been, that's been a, a saving grace for this product is having the support of the, of the community and uh, them really lifting me up and, and providing me the resources to get this done. And so even more specifically, you actually just finished out a program called Greenville Starts. Is that correct? We talk about I that did experience? at the, uh, the Furman, the, the, at Furman University, the, uh, the Hill Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship started GVL Starts, Greenville Starts back in August. And it's an eight week program that really changed my life. Honestly, it, it, it you know, I, I've, I've built a, a great network in the beverage industry and uh, I've known the beverage industry really well, but I don't know entrepreneurship. I don't know the, the steps, the building blocks of, of how to build a business from scratch. And GVL Starts took took this, you know, entrepreneur that, that had no idea where to go or, you know, any of the contacts that I needed and provided just a, a great baseline, uh, the foundation of understanding what it takes to be an entrepreneur and then connected me with the people and resources that that really took took something you know took six months of of my life uh, that would have taken probably three years uh you know to to connect with those types of resources well, i'm sure you just made that leadership team blush whenever they do listen to this so you've been through this the six month immersion kind of program with greenville starts and you're in this early sort of proof of concept, correct? With a handful of companies, like how did you find them? How is it going? Where you, what are you hoping that's going to lead to? Like all of that, like how are you anxious having like this this product out there now? Like let's talk about, let's dive into that, your actual sort of test phase right now. Absolutely, yeah, this is, this is the fun part. So I may not know technology really well, but I'll tell you that the technology is really cool that we're using. So... It's been fun to get it into the real world and into the hands of the people that need it and want it. So we've we've already done 25 tests throughout the December, uh, November, December, and January. 
And um, what sounds really strange is, you, you know, um, we, we, were, we were putting these devices out and, um, and, and one of my advisors said, the best case scenario for you, Eric, is if something goes drastically wrong in this shipment. I said, what are you talking about? We don't want any damage. And they said, well, if you, if you can prove that damage does exist, then you can correct it. If you have the knowledge, you can pass that knowledge on to the supply chain and and really build a stronger relationship between the producer, the carrier, and uh, and the importer. So that's what that's what we're doing. We have uh, an even bigger beta that's happening in June, July, and August. We have five companies that are going to run twenty tests each. So it's a hundred runs globally across the world uh, of uh, of these devices, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna. Get their feedback and their honest feedback and see what they what they thought of it. The customer thinks what we need to change, uh, what we need to update, what works really well. And um, and then from there, build our actual product, our go to market product so that we can we can start selling this in uh, in the, the first quarter of next year. That's moving fast, uh, even for, I feel like, the technology industry. So, okay, you're in this massive beta, um, which it sounds like it's even, I don't recall it being even as big as what it is. And you've clearly identified a market that is $120 billion in damages every year. So there's a problem, a market, and now you're trying to actually put a solution into it with an actual product. Now, it sounds like you're going to be really leaning on this feedback with all these partners to really figure out what that actual product or service is going to be. I guess let's talk a little bit about like, what do you actually see your actual business being. I know it's you know logistics in the in the beverage industry, but are you going to be more of a service, more of a hardware business? Like what what do you think you're going to lean towards? What's your business model basically? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and it's something obviously that's been front and foremost uh, during you know during the last six months of of creating this 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 product, and the it, it probably stems from my. 25 years in hospitality and having that hospitality heart really enjoying serving the public and i view this even though it is a very technical product and and it has a lot of hardware involved i'm really focusing on the software side and and the integration between the hardware and the software and what the user sees as as an app or 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 a pc on the actual platform itself I view this more of a service. The winemakers and the breweries and the distilleries, they do really good at making fantastic product. And that's their world. That's their zone. They don't, they don't have the resources typically to track down insurance claims. They don't have the resources to uh, be on top of the carriers and, and making sure that their product is, is in reefer trucks and, and transported correctly. That's that's what we do for them. So we let them do what they do really well, and and what we do really well is is keep on top of people and, and ensure that their product is going to market in pristine condition. So that's that's the umbrella that we're providing. The beverage industry is really keeping on top of that. And if you know, if it, you could probably imagine and and look at this product as as being pretty scalable into into several other industries and we've been pulled in in several directions already but really want to go to market in in an industry that I'm I'm familiar with 
And once we have that platform, once we have that service in, um, you know, kind of perfected and honed in on, then, then we'd be open to, to going into other sectors. So it sounds like your advisors are doing a good job. I feel like anytime I sit with a lot of early or first time founders, there's this tendency to try and cater to everyone in every market and spread it so thin that uh, you almost lose uh, focus for the concept. So so good for you. You've surrounded yourself with the right people. It's hard and it's hard to say no. Yes, it Especially is. Especially when, <laughs> you know, you, you don't have any revenue coming in and and you're you're in a, you're in a stage where it would be great to have a, a paycheck and and a product on the market. It really is. It is something that you have to sit back and just take a breath and breathe and 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 understand that you know every everything will come as long as you're you're putting great energy and uh, integrity into your product. People will buy it if you if you build it. They will come. That's actually great because uh, I feel like the the question that's burning in a lot of our listeners' mind is. How are you paying for this? Or how are you? Are you in an active fundraising stage? Are you bootstrapping? How are you paying for Bottle Titan? Yeah, that's that is a great question. So, um, the short answer is we are we are actually in a fundraising cycle right now, as of two weeks ago, and uh, I didn't really see it coming, and it just kind of happened. And uh, there's not really much to talk about because. From from what I understand, you have to you know out of out of a hundred people you ask for money, you, you're you're lucky to get some money out of one person. So I'm sure the cycle runs runs quite long, but we're already in that process of of uh, of putting out term sheets to uh, to companies and uh, and waiting on the responses, which is hard to believe when you're when you're only a few months into a product, uh, so or or project, it's um. It's surreal, and uh, what what's really cool about this is <clears throat> we talk about the the uh, the beta program that we're doing in June, July, and August, and the companies that are participating with this product with this with this project, the beta test, they are paying to be a part of that beta test, which is pretty unheard of. It, it's usually the the opposite almost. <laughs> like you have to beg. I feel like you're like begging them. Just take it. I'm giving it to you for free. Just just yes. use it. Yeah. So we're we're really fortunate where um we're we're going into summer where the uh, logistics is is a nightmare right now and people just want to know people want this on board and they want to be able to see and have eyes on on their product we're, and we're not talking about hot dogs and apples we're we're talking about a container that that may have two or three million dollars worth of product in it so this is this is really high value product that you know unlike unlike say you know, handbags, wine can't be made every single year. You get one, one, you know, mother nature gives you one chance a year. And if that wine spoils on a, on a container, that's it. Like you don't, you don't get a, a second go at that. So it's, it's really important to get that product to market in great condition. And the same thing for beer, beer is even, even more fragile. And, um, it takes, it takes a while to, to brew beer and, um, slight changes in the environment 
can cause drastic flavor changes and profile changes to uh, to that product. That is a really, at least from my experience, that's a really rare circumstance that, you know, an early, an early stage founder that doesn't even really have a, a full product concept yet um, or service yet, you, they're already paying to participate with you in this project. How did you, getting to them paying you for work, for testing? Well, you know, I, I owe, I owe, I owe my advisors. And, and so when, when, when you look at the, the groups that, that really have had my back over, over the last, we'll, we'll say nine months, 10 months, um, I'm part of the next. So I, I graduated the GVL starts uh, in October and I, I thought to myself, my goodness, it's, it's September. And I know, I, I know in October the, the class is ending and I, I feel like I need more support. I, I still feel like a fish out of water. Uh, where do I go? Where do I go? And, uh, I found next in, in next innovation in, in Greenville. Um, and, um, and Eric W just, uh, just started with, uh, with running the, the program at next. And, um, I was fortunate enough to, to get into the VMS, the mentorship program through next and, uh, build some advisors from there. And then from there I was, I was connected to the SCRA and the SBDC and um, everything kind of started with the with with uh, with the platform at Greer and, and Greer Development Corporation. So over over time, I've built up some some really great resources. And um, Eric from Next, I was <laughs> I was kind of at a at a low point, and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have this this beta test that we're that we're planning, but I haven't really talked to anybody yet, and we need money for hardware and software, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and Eric just says, just, just ask them to pay, <laughs> just, just turn them into customers. Why, why does it have to be something free? I think we always think of beta test as, as free, but if, if this product and, and part of the POC is, will someone pay for your service that that's POC. If, and so if you're going for the POC, um, that could be part of it. Will they actually pay? So set set a price, and then they'll tell you it's too high, too low, what 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 have you. And um, with with a a nervous heart, <laughs> I made my first phone call, and and miraculously, people just started lining up to uh, to pay to be part of this. So I would I would advise people out there, you know, other entrepreneurs, don't be afraid to to make that first that first move, and and um, it's it's okay to have a little sales sales round. That's yeah. I feel like the any like especially like a brand new product like this, you're so apprehensive to be like, well, nobody's gonna pay for this. There's nothing to 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 I don't know compare it to or how much should I even ask them for? And just that sort of that trepidation, not having any of the answers. When in reality, Eric's right. The customer is gonna give you the answer in the long run, anyways. So kudos to you for being brave enough to actually ask people yes. to pay you. So I think you know we're. I'm going to round this out with just what's next. Uh, where are you heading? I know you've got this massive beta. What 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 do you hope is going to happen? So right now we're we're really focused on finding a hardware manufacturer to develop our our IoT device, um, and um, and then add, add add a little software. The software is is hopefully going to be the easy part. The hardware is the difficult part because there's there's a lot of <laughs> communication um, issues and, and radio frequencies and, and, you know, everything kind of goes weird when you put it into a box with a lot of liquid. Uh, so uh, signals get, get uh, mangled 
and and that's what we're working on. That that's that's a big part of of what we're looking at for our for our beta tests. So um, we're we're really looking looking forward to getting these out into the world. We know there's going to be issues, but we're we're excited to be working through those issues and working with our with our partners to uh, to beta test these devices. So that 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 is the big focus for. So we're we're mid April, um, almost May. For the next four or five months, it really is just going to be honing in on what these devices can do and what we can do for our for for our partners and and building the best platform for this so that they have complete eyes and ears on on their product at all times. So any any final words on any topic that you want? I've always been taught. I, I was taught by my parents that you go to school, you go, you, you, you pick a, a, a decent college and, and go for it. You study, work hard and you, you get a salary. And that's what I've done my entire life is work for a company and, and have a salary. And I just feel so like such an imposter even now, even in so many months in. And um, it was it was so extremely hard for me to take that first step. But I'll tell you, it's been it's been the most exhilarating year of my life, ups and downs and lefts and right. And and I've met some really incredible people and, and put myself in in areas that I feel like I don't belong, but I know I do. And uh, I would just advise people that are listening to this as as a founder that that's in this less than a year. If you if you have if you have an idea, go for it. Um, there this there couldn't be a better time, especially in the upstate, to be an entrepreneur. The resources are here, the support is here, and and you can do it. It can happen. You're, you're May Eric. You're making the the founder story feel very romantic. All right, listeners, if you crack open that beer or you have that nice glass of wine at the end of the day, you find it exceedingly refreshing. It's hopefully because it's been using the Bottle Titan platform. Um, and so, Eric, I really appreciate your time and sharing uh, what is hopefully this is the becoming of your origin story and that we'll have you back. And, and who knows where you'll be even a year from now. So we'll be sure to follow you and keep our listeners updated with how things progress. That sounds great. I really appreciate you having me, Laura. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming the Origin Story. As I'm sure it's the case with many of you, these never get old for me. I love hearing about uh, how people come up with an idea. Usually it's from great observation over time. And then they just have that aha moment. And all of a sudden they've sort of transformed a problem that, that has been around for so long. Uh, I am always find that inspirational. I'm Joseph Nuther, the host of Of Note. A special thanks to Laura McIntosh for leading the interview with these founders and entrepreneurs. The original music is by Matt Honkinen, and we are produced and edited by Hunter Foster. A special thanks to Robin Hendricks with SC Commerce. <laughs>